this is Herb Kressel, and welcome to the Radiology Podcast. Uh, today we have an interesting uh, discussion on the management of uh, MRI utilization for low back pain. And we'll start, uh, 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 our, our two discussants are Dr. Cecilia Ganduglia, uh, Assistant Professor from the University of Texas School of Public Health in Houston. Welcome, Dr. Ganduglia. Thank you. And uh, Dr. Ganduglia and, and colleagues wrote the article entitled Effective Public Reporting on MRI Use for Low Back Pain. And she'll be joined by Dr. Uh, Brooke Martin uh, at the Dartmouth Institute for Health Policy and Clinical Practice in the Department of Orthopedics. Uh, welcome, Dr. Martin. Dr. Martin and Dr. Jarvik uh, authored an editorial uh, on this fascinating paper. So let's get started. Uh, Dr. Ganduglia, uh, tell us about the CMS uh, Hospital Outpatient Quality Report. What's the idea? So this uh, initiative has been around for some time now, and um, it's actually uh, CMS requires hospitals to report a specific number of measures that evaluate the quality of care that they're providing, in this case, particular to the outpatient population. Uh, it was in 2009 that they incorporated a set of uh, imaging efficiency measures into this outpatient uh, quality reporting program that measured some specific, they've sort of been increasing the number. They started with eight and then they remove a couple and they've added some other measures uh, in later years. And what they are requesting is hospitals to report some uh, specific proportions of uh, imaging studies that they're performing. And um, the overall requirement is they have to report these measures in order to qualify for their annual up, uh, payment updates. But there is no particular payment penalty right now set in place for uh, specific values of these measures. So, so what, what's the general idea then? Uh, what's the concept? How is the reporting supposed to affect the utilization? So the reporting is right now used in the Hospital Compare website that's also supported by CMS. And in theory, this website provides consumers or patients the ability to look at how hospitals are performing and choice provider and choose providers according to these measures. Okay, so uh, aside from low back pain, can you give a few other examples of what else has been reported? So among the imaging efficiency measures, they had others like a CT scan proportion. For example, they were looking at abdominal CT scans and thoracic CT scans, and the proportion of them that were performed with and without contrast over the overall number of CT scans, specifically for that, for that site. There were also CT scans for, for headaches, if I'm not mistaken, and there were a couple that were removed and are still under uh, consideration, and they're going back and forth. Okay. Now, let's go back to your study. So, uh, what did you all decide to look at, and how did you uh, go about it? So, we decided to focus our study on the OP8 measure, which is the one that's specifically looking at how um, MRIs of the lumbar spine are ordered for patients with low uh, low back pain, and of the overall number of these MRIs, how many of them actually do not have a history of conservative management uh, in the 60 days prior to the MRI. And we chose this measure because um, actually 
um, MRIs for low back pain have been identified by many professional associations as a test or a study potentially being overused. And it's also been identified by the Choosing Wisely campaign as something that should be focused for a risk of overutilization. So we decided to see, the first thing we were measuring was uh, how Texas was doing uh, on this measure and we wanted to look at geographic variation throughout the state and since we had data from before the measure was implemented and after the measure we decided to look at see if this measure was in, in anything efficient or had some effect on uh, modifying the practice patterns uh, in, in our state. So in order to do this we used claims data which is what uh, the type of data the measure was originally designed to be used with and we had data from uh, the, a commercial insurance uh, group here, Blue Cross Blue Shield, that covers one-third of the commercial insured population. And we also had the Medicare data for uh, the same time period. We measured 2008 through 2011. And we limited our analysis to those that were covered in the fee-for-service type of program, for which we had the full uh, information of those patients. So we actually measured uh, our, um, our, our study was focused at the hospital uh, refer, referral region and we compared before and after the implementation of, uh, of the public reporting uh, measure. This measure, as Dr. Martin has actually uh, marked, pointed in his, uh, in his letter, has later on was changed and there were some additions uh, and to the actually the exclusion criteria of, of the measure. So what we included at the time was the specific measure that was uh, active and valid uh, at the time of, at the, during the time frame we were measuring. And what we actually found was that there were no significant differences. So we measured 2008 values for Medicare and Blue Cross and then uh, 2009, 10 and 11. And what we found was that there were no statistical significant differences and if anything, there was a slight increase in the Medicare overall rate for, uh, for the state. We did find, however, that there was a lot of geographic variation. So certain areas in Texas were performing a lot better than other areas. And this was really different across payers. So Medicare and Blue Cross were not behaving really uh, in, in the same way. And we did find that overall, the Medicare rate was slightly lower. So the proportion of MRIs without a conservative uh, management were smaller in Medicare than in the Blue Cross Blue Shield population. Thank you. Now, Dr. Martin, I, I, uh, in your editorial, sort of one of the first uh, points was uh, uh, sort of concerns about the quality of the definition that was used uh, to define the target population uh, for this initiative. Can you kind of talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so I've been paying attention to this measure uh, since Medicare first announced it starting in 2009. I think it began implementation in 2010. Um, and this is a claims-based measure where they um, identify MRIs for low back pain based on uh, claims that are submitted to Medicare. And then they link that to um, previous claims for the same beneficiary in order to um, identify whether these patients who had uh, an MRI for low back pain um, had antecedent conservative care. And, and so that's what the measure's trying to get at, is the use of MRI in the absence of antecedent conservative care. Mm -hmm. um, as a, as a claims-based measure, um, we've tried to examine this measure both 
the how how it's designed in claims. And one of my most fundamental concerns about the measure initially is that while it's intended to capture um, non-specific low back pain, it actually includes uh, they don't they don't actively exclude people who have more specific spinal pathologies like Sorry. stenosis and spondylolisthesis and and spinal fractures, post-surgical MRIs. And so when you add all of those in, we found in the 2010 data that 58% of the patients who had, uh, who were captured by this measure in the Medicare data actually had some pathology in addition to a, a diagnosis code for low back pain. They had some code that indicated more specific spinal pathology for which MRI is not the contraindication. And, and so in my mind, it raised alarms that whether this measure is actually measuring nonspecific low back pain. Most patients with low back pain, um, I guess I shouldn't say most patients, but I should say many patients um, who have codes for low back pain submitted to Medicare also have additional diagnoses for more specific pathology. And they largely, in the initial rollout of this measure, didn't exclude those with specific pathology. And, and so the question we raise is whether the measure is really reflecting what the large base of literature is trying to measure. And I, I think the lack of movement um, that this really nicely conducted study uh, shows is there, there wasn't movement on this measure. I think there's a lot of potential reasons we can talk about, um, but one of them that we're asking is whether the measure is reflecting what it's what it's intended to measure. And what about the demographics, Dr. Ganduglia? The, uh, the uh, population uh, ages in the two groups were not comparable, and so you would expect some utilization, uh, certainly some prevalence uh, differences and resultant utilization differences. Uh, yes, yes. So we that? actually we, we did find that there was a prevalence difference definitely in low back pain because the first thing we measured was the total number of claims we had with a principal diagnosis for uh, low back pain or related to low back pain. And it was much more common among the Medicare population than among the Blue Cross population, the commercial insured one. We also found that approximately the same percentage of them had an, an order of an imaging test performed. So that was not different among the populations. However, when we applied the specific OP8 measure, this uh, the specific uh, measure from our quality reporting program, we did find differences in on how this was applied. So there could be several reasons to these differences. And our first objective of including these two very different populations was first, we, we, we're not able to bring up a comparison group because this is something that was uh, implemented nationally and all physicians and hospitals were subject to it. So it's not easy to find a comparative group and we were doing that before after. But we also wanted to, to at least look at two different payer populations that were sort of affected slightly different in the sense that CMS was the one requiring the the measure. So we did not adjust it for age because it was logical to assume that everyone on CMA, on Medicare was uh, older than people commercially insured and uh, there are significant differences. There's also differences on how physicians may behave depending on who the payer is and what are the managing um, 
or the regulations behind ordering a specific test. However, we really weren't, we, we cannot really explain that 20% difference we found among Medicare and, and Blue Cross for this specific rate. I see. Now, one of the points that you make in analyzing the data uh, is uh, that uh, perhaps the problem is targeting the service provider rather than the physician requesting the service. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think uh, uh, perhaps Dr. Martin, now you want to comment on this. Uh, where do you think the best leverage actually is in utilization management? Well, well, I, I agree that the the imaging uh, for low back pain patients targeting a hospital is pretty far downstream, a point that was really, I, I thought, um, brought up well in this paper. I think we really need to focus on a primary care population and ordering the MRI. Um, because by the time it's ordered and scheduled, um, there's, I think, little opportunity to go back and revise that plan by the time the patient's already in the hospital suite or the, the um, freestanding imaging center. They're not, they're, not going to, they're not likely to change the plan at that point. Um, I think, uh, so, so I do think it needs to go more upstream if we're really trying to um, change how uh, who, who receives these MRIs. So I think it's a very good point. Um, I think integrating um, the referral patterns into electronic medical records is probably the best approach to, um, to intervening with guideline to, to promote guideline concordant care in MRIs. So uh, I guess you're talking there about these decision support software that is integrated into the uh, ordering system. I, I think that um, has a lot of potential for for uh, improving guideline concordant care. Yeah. Dr. Gondulia, any thoughts about where we should go from here if we want to manage this uh, behavior? Sure. Um, I think that Dr. Martin actually made a good point in the importance of um, really identifying and defining good measures for quality of care regardless of whether we're looking at low back pain and MRIs or any other imaging study, we really need to have uh, measures that reflect the, the current knowledge and the science behind it. And I think the, a very important thing is to actually test these measures before we, uh, we go and implement them uh, everywhere nationwide and ask everyone to report them and test and make sure that we're measuring what we have you know, to see if they have an effect or not. You raise a really important point uh, in, in this whole quality of care uh, uh, effort. There's people understand that to follow something, you really need to measure it. Uh, but a lot of these things are very, very hard to get a finely granular handle on it. So people take what's available, and then you wind up with this kind of fairly diffuse kind of situation where you don't really you have sort of apples and oranges in there and you really are trying to modulate behavior but you can't even sort out what's going on in, in your in your group so uh, I think it's a the lesson of this is, is uh, I'm sure not limited to low back pain this is something that we all encounter as we're grasping for measures based on what we have but uh, they may not actually be telling us what uh, we want to learn. Uh, and the other thing I think for me, and I'll be interested in your comment, I mean the notion 
that by reporting this, uh, that the disclosure of it in a database that patients may or may not look at, I mean, I just can't imagine someone in the middle of low back pain that's going to go consult that before they choose their doctor. It seems like a stretch. So um, uh, it's uh, one would hope that you would kind of uh, have a targeted approach that will sort of be more closely leveraged on the action arm uh, rather than on the awareness arm. So any closing comments, Dr. Gunther? Well, I think you've wrapped up the issue pretty well. And um, yes, just w what, I w what I was thinking, I think that there, it's a good thing that um, this measure is having, it's been highlighted and people are looking into this. I, I do think that uh, overutilization of imaging studies as well as other type of studies is something to uh, be aware of and we need to take some action into it. But I definitely think it's uh, something that requires a lot of work ahead. No, no quick and dirties, I think, is the... Uh, Dr. Uh, Barton? Well, I, I think that um, these types of performance measures based on claims actually do offer a lot of opportunities to improve care and we can learn from them, but we need to not let policy get ahead of the science that validates their use, that um, scientifically examines how well they measure what they're supposed to measure and whether they move and provide the right um, information that, in, that improves patient care. And so I think there's a lot of work to be done in validating this particular measure and demonstrating that it, it, um, it's a successful measure. Ultimately, we'd like to have these things linked to the outcomes um, and examine you know, how much uh, MRI imaging contributed to downstream events like um, decision to have surgery or injections or other types of care. Well, I want to thank you both for a uh, stimulating discussion and some uh, uh, very nicely done uh, articles. So thanks thank you. very thank much. Thank you.